And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yes, you do. I think I've had enough. No, I put too much in. <coughs> I didn't put the ice in. This will help me a great deal. <coughs> the lemons! Too much in there, dear. Oh, <coughs> don't get it right. <coughs> I'm going to have the gin because this is killing me. <laughs> Wag, ooh, down and down. Oh, God almighty. <laughs> hey, all and welcome to No Dunks, proudly a part of the Athletic Podcast Network. It's April 18th, 2023. I'm your host, Trey Kirby, and alongside me is a man who's wearing a V-neck t-shirt. <laughs> Tasmellus. Yeah, I decided I needed to uh, tan my upper <laughs> chest. I actually... Sincerely grabbed the wrong T-shirt <laughs> from my little cubby, and I decided after I was basically close to my car, I'm like, I got no time to come back. You guys know I'm late every day. So. <laughs> uh, you, you just show up at on your own pace. Yeah, We're in a no V-neck doubt. sometimes. I must have reached into the closet from 2012. I can't believe. Oh come on! Come on! What, you're you're actually sort of wearing a V-neck. Yeah, I'm wearing a V-neck style. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a button down, but a camp collar. Uh, the V-neck of the button down shirt world. We've also got the man making the magic happen, uh, wearing a hooded sweatshirt today. Yes, JD. yes. I forgot my V-neck. I forgot today was V-neck day. <laughs> do you do you get dressed in your driveway, Tess? Like, like that I was close to my car. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I was. I, yeah, essentially. Uh, uh, quite honestly, pretty damn close. I Run like, out to the driveway, unplug the car, put on your shirt, get in the car. <laughs> uh, no skeets today, yeah. uh, though, unfortunately. I believe he's cycling the Tour de France today. <laughs> Boston Marathon Monday, Tour de France on Tuesday. He's trying to knock out all of the important endurance contests around the globe. He should do it in a V-neck. <laughs> the French like V-necks, I think. Yeah, that'd be pretty nice, actually. You know, <laughs> chafing around uh, mm. the clavicles, which Good call. you know is certainly a risk that you have to take. <laughs> hey, check out nodunks.com. I think we got to drop a V-neck after today. <laughs> oh, <laughs> real nice. A beach step in V-neck. Oh, Ooh, very yeah. cool. Very, very cool. No, no collars. No, it's a collar. Just trying to think what it's going to say on it. Just no dunks. Yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no dunks. Okay. We like V-necks sometimes. <laughs> Light schedule in the NBA last night. Only two game twos for us to peruse, but the NBA never disappoints. Still a lot to talk about, so let's play some true or false. Oh, false. You'll never guess how this one works. I'll give you some info tasks, and we'll talk about whether it's true or if perhaps it's false. Beam boys, mount up. De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis scored 24 points apiece while the Warriors could not stop fouling and turning the ball over as the Kings light the beam once again to take a 2-0 lead over the defending champs. True or false, Tass? The Kings are sending the Warriors home early. I think it's happening, Trey. Oh, baby. It sure looks like it. What were the questions before this series started? 
can the Kings keep up defensively? And they have shown that they want to guard, especially their guards, Fox, Monk, Herter, and Davion Mitchell. Those guys are getting out nearly to half court on some possessions, Trey. They are turning over the Warriors. They are just dedicated to the task. This isn't an accident. They are ready to go. And I think it's clear after two games, the Kings are just a really good matchup for the Warriors. It's nice. It's a nice matchup for them, considering the Warriors aren't all that big. That helps with the Kings' lack of size and Sabonis being uh, their five. The Kings want to run like the Warriors do, so they are keeping up. That track meet, Kings Kings are right there with them at every single possession. And... There, there's a fair amount of questions. I, I think the Warriors, you know, we could could win this series, uh, but I think the Draymond Green ejection and potential hey, potential hey, hey. suspension that we'll get to that we're not going to start with because we want to talk about basketball because that's what that's we right, do. Buddy. The basketball is more important. I, I think it's a bit of a body blow to Steph. I, I think if you look at it from a negative point of view, you could say, oh, Steph from his perspective. He gets uh, Dre gets ejected. It's got to feel like this is Game Four of the 2016 Finals. Sure. Uh, another punch to the nuts. Uh, like <laughs> that was a punch to nuts of LeBron. He gets suspended. Oh, that's got to hurt. Now, Steph was sort of smiling as uh, Dre got ejected. Maybe that's oh, we got this. You know, yeah. Yeah, and, and and the rest of the game they they nearly pulled it out with their bench pointing up to the King's crowd. They were into it. They've done this before. So sh- can they win four or five? For the first time under Steve Kerr, yeah, I, they, they can. I, I think there's there's fair questions on both sides, but they're holding up incredibly uh, through two games. A resilient bounce back for Sabonis in game two, I think is really, really, really important to show uh, how good that he can be. But I think it's also a question of how he will hold up through a series, not because physically he got his ribs uh, smacked multiple times and had to have x-rays, but... This is just the first time he's ever had to do this. Sure, as a as a real lead guy. So questions on both sides, but got to feel good. I had Warriors in seven. I think uh, <laughs> I think Kings in seven is is totally reasonable now. Yeah, it still feels like this could continue to be a long series because even though it feels like the underdog has stolen two games on the road, it is the Kings protecting home court advantage. That's why you saw the Warriors post game were still pretty confident saying. That's what the Kings are supposed to do. They're supposed mm-hmm. to win their two games at home, and the Warriors have definitely been right there. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Golden State wins four out of five to win this series. But in back-to-back games, it's really stuck out to me that the Kings don't look like the younger team. They don't look like the inexperienced team. They look more poised in these fourth quarters. A lot of that is De'Aaron Fox. Another great one from him last night in the fourth. 11 points, 5 of 9 from the field. Three rebounds, three assists, no turnovers. He hit that huge three to go up six with two minutes and 15 seconds left. He basically outplayed Steph Curry in the fourth quarter. That's it. super impressive. But also, the Kings are showing some incredible resilience. You saw Klay Thompson hit back-to-back threes. It's a one-point lead for Sacramento, just under four minutes to play. And they go on a 12-5 run to end the game because they're playing defense. They're getting stops. Fox is doing his thing. They're getting some... Great clutch plays from Harrison Barnes, hitting the glass, driving to the rack, throwing down dunks. Uh, You're right, the defense was a concern coming in. That has not yet been a problem Mm -hmm. for the Kings. They forced 22 turnovers last night, five each for Steph Curry and for Draymond. It's like Mike Brown has locked in the secrets to the Steph and Draymond two-man game and said, here's how you can take it away. And it's actually working for the Kings. And then the other question was, they're going against a dynasty team that's won four championships 
how are they going to deal when how are they going to deal with things when it's a tense situation and the kings are keeping their heads and the kings are able to stick to what they want to do uh when it really comes down to it and the warriors absolutely have not been able to do that so another awesome win for the kings this was another incredible game hopefully this goes seven games because <laughs> for us, they're incredibly yeah. fun to watch but the kings have outplayed the warriors in two fourth quarters uh in the first two games of this series and that is super impressive yeah uh they they're getting it from everywhere you mentioned a bunch of names they're the deeper team right now. They've got the far better bench right now, and their, their stars are performing. When you get Sabonis bouncing back with 24-9 and nine like that uh, and obviously getting hit over and over and over again, and uh, to, to think that he flopped at any point or was lying on the floor at any point because he was milking it, just you haven't watched or, or heard about him playing with a broken thumb basically all season long. This yeah. guy has, has been extremely tough, uh, and uh, yeah, I was – I am just extremely impressed with the way they come push nearly at half court. Like guys like Malik Monk, that block early in the fourth quarter on the perimeter, that was a monster block. Uh, there was on Wiggins, <laughs> I think, right? Yeah, it was yeah, quite a bit of height. Yeah, it was you know, towards the end of the possession. Um, but he's just taken after De'Aaron Fox, who's had those two steals early, set the tone within a minute. He had two steals in the first half of the first quarter, uh, and they caused 13 turnovers in that first half because they are playing so ridiculously hard. I just didn't know that this existed. (laughs) They are literally so confident. Yes, so much so much credit's got to be given to Mike Brown. He better win Coach of the Year on Wednesday <laughs> when they hand it out. Everybody in uh, the Kings Arena has got to get that Mike Brown face tattoo that we showed you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Smiling guy? Smiley. Yeah. Smiley Mike Brown face. I mean, Man. honestly, great timing awards-wise for the Kings because clutch player, I think, is going to be awarded tonight. We've seen exactly. some great clutch games from De'Aaron Fox, and Mike Brown is going to win uh, Coach of the Year, I guess, on Wednesday is when mm-hmm. they're announcing that one. Yes. And he looks like the Coach of the Year through two games, beating the Warriors because uh, incredible performances, like you're saying, uh, from Monk. We tabbed him versus Jordan Poole as a swing matchup heading into this series. 32 for Monk in Game 1, said yesterday. It's all right if he doesn't have 32 again in mm-hmm. game two, as long as he's able to negate what Poole's doing. Monk went for 18 in this one, three assists, had a really uh, great run uh, just getting to the hoop, and he's looking like more than just a three-point shooter. Every time yeah. he's on the court, he is a difference maker. Jordan Poole, on the other hand, terrible game. Like, he, the last minute of the third quarter really – did did it in for Jordan Poole. The Warriors are on a run. It's now a six-point game. He has a brutal turnover on a pass to the corner that went eight rows deep. There was nobody uh, to catch that pass. Uh, the Kings go down, shoot a free throw. They come back. The Warriors do. Heat check three from Jordan Poole. Not even close, so he got benched for the fourth quarter. And then you see him on the sideline celebrating with his shirt over his head, smiling and putting us in... Dick Nixon, Tricky Dick Fingers. Pretty weird stuff to see from a guy who got benched in the fourth quarter and isn't doing anything yet in this series. So major coming out party for Malik Monk. And Davion Mitchell was a game changer last night. The defense was great, uh, making Curry work off the ball, pressuring Curry when he did have the ball. But the shot making is what was able to keep him on the court. Finished with 14 points, went 5 of 10 from the field, hit two threes, including a dagger with about a minute and 17 left put the Kings up nine, and that was kind of the game. This guy has crazy arc on his jumper, man. It goes, like, straight up and straight down. 
I don't know, one of these McDaniels was talking about they needed a 47% angle to be a three-point shooter or something like that. Davion Mitchell's is almost 90. It just just goes <laughs> like, what? Straight up, straight down, even on his free throws. I thought he was really great, especially in the second quarter. He had seven points, a couple steals, hit a three then. And Malik Monk in the second quarter, also 11. They really swung the game, turned things around in the second. So great role-player performances thus far from the Kings in both games. Alex Len had a nice run in this one as well. People are talking about him being the best pick in the top five of the 2013 draft. <laughs> Sorry, Not Michael a star-studded one, but it was Monk and Lyles in game one. It was Len, Mitchell, and Monk in game two, not to mention Harrison Barnes making plays. The oh. Warriors, from all of their vets, they're not getting anything. Uh, they've got five guys they can play. It almost feels like Curry's going to have to go 48 minutes for them to have a chance. But this, is a, this has been quite... A first two games for the Kings. Now they got to go on the road and do it, but they got to be feeling confident. You remember last year's playoffs? There was some Jordan Poole talk. Maybe he should be yanked from the rotation. Yeah, I, I think you can bring that up now. Uh, but at the same time, number one, there isn't the support that the Warriors feel like they had last year to even think about that. But number two, Poole did bounce back last year and did yep. bounce back after all that that. That, that he didn't look really good against the Boston Celtics, who had a bunch of great perimeter defenders to slow him down and just too many scoring options on their perimeter for him to stop. So this is a similar scenario. <laughs> it's odd to think that the Kings and those four guards, really, that they're playing uh, in Fox, Herter, uh, Monk, and Davion Mitchell are anywhere close to the Boston Celtics perimeter guys. But right now... They're absolutely balling trade. The, the Davion Mitchell minutes were so big. Just stepping into his shots. His first one was a free throw line jumper. It went down, and then the confidence was was there for him to take threes. With too many too many performances from the Warriors really to to handle. They 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 got Gary Payton the second uh, off the bench who was He's playing good. really well. And some talk about him potentially entering the starting lineup uh, for Game Three. Uh, amongst Warriors fans, which it, it makes some sense. I don't think that the Warriors make another change after inserting Andrew Wiggins into the starting lineup for Game 2, who I thought got better as the game go on. He just started to realize, oh, I'm, I can be an offensive player yeah. too. It was it was a slow, slow climb for Wiggins, but he started to look good out there, 22 points in 39 minutes. Now now the rebounds have to come, uh, and that's the, the scary part. Wiggins isn't quite himself. And last year, he was their second most important player. And he had to board real hard for this team. And right now, the Kings are smashing them uh, in, in that regard. I mean, smashing's a tough word. They, they played it even, but the big ones are, are going to, to them. They get more. They had more offensive rebounds. They won a game, Trey, I think, is the important part here, where they shot fewer threes, made fewer threes. Yeah. Uh, they, they won an ugly game. Yeah, Fox... Performed in the fourth quarter. Uh, he got help. Uh, I thought the, the Harrison Barnes eight points in that fourth quarter were so key. Going at Clay, two dunks in the first quarter for for Harrison Barnes. Just going back like this got to feel so good. You let me go after we won a championship, uh, <laughs> and, and now he's he's doing that. Um, but that wasn't you know somewhat of an ugly win. It wasn't it wasn't super Definitely. pretty. It wasn't it was the the a ton of threes weren't falling. They shot twenty three percent from three. And they won. They won a gritty playoff game. And so it's hard to even question who these dudes are anymore. Uh, it, it's we, we always never want to say the dynasty is dead because it's hard to predict when a dynasty is dead. Uh, and, and, you know, dead's a strong word. But these guys have – there's no reason to not believe 
in the Kings now. Um, and again, it's a pretty damn good matchup for them if they're going to play this hard. Yeah, exactly right. First time the Warriors have been down 2-0 with Steph Curry in the playoffs. Right. Uh, incredible stuff. Uh, you got anything else with regards to on-court basketball? Yeah, we didn't even in this game. We didn't even get to Draymond yet. Yeah, we haven't even we haven't <laughs> even got to Draymond. Yeah. We're talking specifically basketball. Yeah, we can do that now. I, yeah, I, I but think. it's time to talk wrestling because <laughs> it ain't the playoffs if there isn't some Draymond controversy. With seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, Draymond and Demontis Sabonis got tangled up after a rebound. Sabonis grabbed Draymond's ankle when Draymond turned to run up the court. Draymond freed himself by hitting Sabonis with the Seth freaking Rollins curb stomp to the <laughs> chest. A skirmish ensued. Refs took a look at things, gave Sabonis a technical for the ankle grab, and they gave Draymond a flagrant two for the stomp, which comes with it an automatic ejection. Draymond then cut a promo to the crowd, <laughs> basically <laughs> screaming at the Kings crowd as they were at as the referees were reviewing everything. So the yeah. question to ask, true or false, Draymond should be suspended for game three. False. I don't think he should be suspended. As bad as some of those angles are, when you look at it in slow-mo, it, it ain't a step. It's a stomp. It ain't a step, it's a stomp. I will say at the same time, though, it's obviously initiated by Demontis Sabonis. He grabs his ankle. And from some angles, you can say Draymond sort of lost his balance. He said after the game, I'm not that flexible. And he's he's grabbing his, his one foot. He's trying to get his balance. And so he comes down on Sabonis. But he does come down on him hard. I'm totally fine with the ejection. He doesn't get the benefit of the doubt because he's Draymond Green. I think that's totally fair. And I don't think Demontis Sabonis was milking it at all. He's lying on the ground there. And then when Curry ran into him at the two-minute mark, he was grabbing his his ribs again, and then he got the x-rays after the game. So I'm totally fine with the ejection. But I don't think it really warrants a suspension. And I'm being slightly selfish. I do want to see <laughs> I do want to see a full warrior squad. But this is I, I do think that there is a, a little gray area. Um with, with with what happened, I I don't I do think he kind of lost his balance. That's what th- it looked like. That's at the fair f- in live action. That's what it looked like, and then basically every replay I thought looked <laughs> the complete opposite. It looked like Draymond was doing Michael Flatley Lord of the Dance the way he jumped up off Sabonis's chest and like clicked his heels. That was crazy. <laughs> that was a crazy part of it. Jump up and click your heels to me. I agree. I think it was handled. Right when it happened. Like, Sabonis deserves a tech. He grabbed Draymond's ankle. You can't grab an ankle. Fair enough. Draymond escalated it. He stomped on Sabonis' chest. That's a flagrant, too. Ejection is the right call. But I kind of agree that he won't be suspended because this reminded me a lot of Matthew Dellavedova locking up Taj Gibson's legs in the 2015 playoffs. Mm. Taj kicked Dellavedova kind of in the butt cheeks, <laughs> I guess, maybe the leg. Uh, and he got a flagrant, too, and he was ejected. Nothing for Delhi. Literally no penalty for grabbing with the leg, so maybe that's the key for Sabonis. But Taj was not suspended for, I think it was going to be game six of the Bulls-Cavs series. The differences are back versus chest. It definitely looks worse what Draymond did, stepping on Sabonis' chest. Also, egging on the crowd afterwards, I can't imagine, goes over well with the league office. And then, like you're saying, it's Draymond. The guy's got a reputation and a track record now of things happening in big moments and him pushing 
the envelope because nobody wants to see a star suspended in the playoffs. So I kind of don't think he will, but it looked bad. And the way he reacted to it, making it even a bigger deal, I can't imagine that plays well uh, with the league office. But I I think he'll be there for game three. Yeah, the league office sitting there in the crowd with Adam Silver <laughs> watching. Yeah, he was there. Watching That's a great it live. Point. It, it is hilarious, though. I I do take your point about the clicking his heels because, on one side, you can say he looks sort of off balance. I mean, he definitely, he definitely stepped and stomped on him. But also, you could say that he was almost dancer like like he almost looked like he had flexibility because of <laughs> he did the, have flexibility there. because of the way he was able to leave the scenario or, you know, to, to leave the skirmish that he was able to pop out and almost do, you know, a, a somewhat of a splits in the air to, to run away. So that was wild. The egging on the crowd was wild. But I think what was even more surprising that when he was actually thrown out of the game, he got the word from the official and he just ran off into the tunnel. He didn't say a thing to the crowd after he was uh, after he he heard <laughs> this it, this is weird. Yeah, yeah he, like, the referee gave him whatever he said, and and he was gone. And another weird thing, this is this is super ridiculous. Uh, Mark Spears tweeted after the game he, he, that Draymond Green actually asked to have his ankle X-rayed. What? <laughs> like, like so so green is That's sitting an elective procedure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. Oh uh, come on! So green sitting in the locker room. He hears, I guess, that Sabonis is getting x-rayed. And he says, you know what? Put it out there. Put it out there that I want my ankle x-rayed. Because there's absolutely <laughs> no reason for his ankle to be x-rayed. Now, he is he is angry that he got his ankle grabbed in game one by Malik Monk. Sure. Okay, whatever. Yep. Uh, but there's no reason to have his ankle x-rayed. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he'll miss game three with a oh, broken right. ankle. Yeah, we have actually yeah, we'll actually see how the re- what the results are. Yeah, that's the funny part is that he requested an x-ray according to Mark Spears, but there wasn't one administered by all accounts. Like, we, <laughs> they, I, they said no, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. Uh, but but put it out there. I mean, this had to come from Draymond Green himself. Put it out there that my ankle hurts too. Like, okay, uh, there's obviously that's some sort of gamesmanship or whatever, but as far as the basketball play, Sabonis stepped up. He stepped up big time to be extremely tough in this game. I mean, I counted at least six times uh, that he was on the floor and he got hit in the face by that Steph Curry leg. That was a weird play. Yeah, and the Kings wanted a foul. I don't know how you get a call a foul on a, you know, a stray leg. That was just sort of around, and he was checking his jaw. I mean, he he was literally like, "What's going on with my jaw?" He took it in the chest. I mean, he was a boxer. He was getting body blows. He was getting it in the face. Uh, but he kept coming back, and he's extremely banged up. Uh, a ridiculous performance from that guy. Eight of twelve, both from the floor and from the line, doing everything really. Yeah, I mean, he got Draymond and Looney into foul trouble as well, which. Definitely played a part in that third quarter. They went on a huge run, and they were in the bonus from, like, the 10-minute mark on. That is another uh, Della Vadova parallel for me, is how much Sabonis is getting beat up in this series. Like, chest, face, everything. The guy is just, uh, he's taking shots from Draymond, and uh, there's that clip going around of J.R. Smith on the J.J. Redick podcast where, like, he almost died trying to guard Steph Curry. (laughs) That is what it feels like, Sabonis versus Draymond and Looney. Uh, so, yeah, he looked like he was in a ton of pain. 
went to the free throw line, missed a couple of free throws after the flagrant, so surely something going on in his abdomen as well. I assume he will be fine, but we will see what happens uh, with Draymond here. We're getting yeah. dragged, though, by the stream team test. They're hating this take. They're hating that <laughs> yeah, he should be suspended. It. Yeah, of course, you look at the slow-mo and you say, what, what the hell? What the hell? And if you watch the Kings broadcast replays, they're even, they're different than the national broadcast. They they look even worse, actually. They're they're sort of the the Sabonis grab is blocked off because there's one from the angle where you can't even see Sabonis's grab. So you ju- you just see a guy stomping on another guy. Yes. But who initiated it? Clearly Sabonis. If Sabonis doesn't do that and Green stops, of course suspension. But we don't know what would have happened if Sabonis didn't grab him and hold him there. And Sabonis, he gets away with with what he did because he's not a dirty player by any means. But he was asked about it after game. Hey, did you grab it? And he just kind of basically said, like, I was on the ground and I grabbed – I didn't grab. I was just on the ground doing whatever I did and my arms just happened to to go in that in that direction. And he wouldn't take the bait on the, the repeated question. But he did that first. And – where was Green going to go? That was a good grasp. I mean, yeah, <laughs> where was Green going to go? But people say he could have stepped over him. I don't think he could have stepped over him. I mean, there, there was a, it was a, a body, like, really sort of in the fetal position towards him. There wasn't a lot of room, I don't think. Well, he's not very flexible. And he's, he's not, not very, very flexible. flexible. He can't reach his leg another one foot over. That would be ridiculous. Uh, but even if his foot lands on Sabonis' chest, you could push off the other foot, you know, the one that's not <laughs> on his ribs. But Yeah, but he was hopping with that foot because he was trying to get it away from Sabonis's. Like, he stomped too hard. Stomped too hard, okay, yes. Okay. He, he escalated absolutely. He, he deserved the ejection. Yeah, he wasn't doing a one-hop. You know, kids one one hop on your one foot. He was doing like a, a sort of a line dancing like thing, like we talked about. Yeah, it was yeah, a stompy stomp. Uh, you know, he he was ready to to twirl and and to tip his cowboy hat for sure. There was there was more to that move. Like it, it could have literally been a dance. He, he literally, I he put that foot down with a little authority. <laughs> if we're getting into the nitty gritty, with authority. <laughs> But it was caused by a guy grabbing the other leg. You only got two legs. You had to put one down and, yeah, maybe 30% too hard. But Sabotis was fine, even though he's hurt. But he's fine. He's a uh, tough guy. That's he, a tough yeah, dude. Yeah. The dude has played with a, an injured thumb all season long. I do want to see Green come back. I think there's a, a respect level on both sides because Sabonis was battling through. And he wasn't faking on the ground. I get that. There's There's no doubt about that. He got tossed. I'm good with it. All right, start bench cut. Draymond playoff incidents. <laughs> Kicking Steven Adams in the nuts on a rebound. Well, what's well, hold on. What's the criteria? Start bench cut. Like, uh, you're, you're just ranking them. Okay. I mean, okay. Whatever you want. It sounds more like a basketball thing if I say start bench yeah, cut. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So kicking Dray, uh, kicking Steven Adams in the nuts on a rebound, punching LeBron. In the balls in the finals, or stomping on Demontis Sabonis' chest. Only a first-round matchup. Uh, obviously, uh, starting this kick to the testicles. Yeah, great picture. <laughs> Hilarious <laughs> picture. Hilarious picture. Most emphatic. Uh, where did I see the artwork done for this? There's there's, there's also artwork of Draymond kicking uh, Stephen Adams. It's, it's, it, it's because he's going at him. You were talking about a wrestler. I mean, that is just a, a ferocious kick. I assume you got to start that as well, right? And then I'm going with I'm going with the chest picture stomp. is amazing. Yeah, I go with chest stomp because that was far more. This is far 
lethal, what's the word, uh, aggressive than the, the punch to the nuts. That's not a lot there. There's yeah. not a lot there, and, and the camera footage sucks. For, <laughs> the camera for that footage one. sucks, yeah. Yeah, it, so go ahead. I got something to say about the, the deli comments afterwards. No, I think, yeah, I think you're, I don't know, the, the effect of the LeBron punch was so massive, you know. It, oh, it did spur right. on the first 3-1 comeback in NBA Finals history, but the fact that Draymond actually got suspended because he accumulated flagrant foul points, I think it's right. kind of been forgotten to history, and maybe that's something that actually plays a factor if the Warriors find a way to get out of this series because there was a Draymond like slamming Michael Beasley in the first round of that playoffs. Oh, you uh, got that. That, that was like, that was like a huge Beasley. reason. Yeah, Rockets Beasley, a huge part of the reason why he accumulated those flagrant foul points. They add up. Uh, uh, let me just say, crazy. let me just say that about Del Vadova, you said he was on JJ Reddick's podcast. Uh, sorry, Jared Smith yeah. was on JJ Reddick's podcast talking about Matthew Del Vadova guarding Steph in the 2015 Finals, and he almost died. And literally, if you remember back, he had to go get. IV and he went to the hospital because uh, he was low uh, on fluids and uh, he was in the ice bath. And J.R. Smith said, mad respect for Matthew Delvadova. He's one of my favorite people. We have footage of him taking ice baths. What are we waiting for? <laughs> like maybe there's going to be a Steph Curry doc 20 years from now and that he almost murdered this man on the basketball floor. But if you have any sort of footage, like maybe he misspoke because there are some some foggy photos. Some foggy photos of 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 Delhi in the ice bath. But the NBA does some good things, but they wait too long to release footage. I mean, we would eat that up. Like the the Athletic writes a book after every championship for uh-huh. every team. It's it's a coffee table book. Okay, video is different, but you could release. We got our man Jerome. We got our man JD. We could compile something decent. In months after, there's footage. We got to wait for like the last dance for 24 years or whatever <laughs> That's it was. A good point. We want to see Matthew Delavadova in an ice bath. Okay, yeah, totally. Send the footage to us and we will edit it. Exactly. Not, not me specifically. Yeah. JD will do it. Yes. Jerome will do it. Something. We'll make it into a short. This is what Matthew Delavadova looks like in an ice bath. Send it to JJ Reddick. I mean, they had a great interview. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, Jr. was awesome on there. I can't wait to watch uh, Jr.'s documentary on Amazon Prime, actually. We should do a film session for that. It's about him going back to school. I'm looking forward to watching that. So you can make something, you can make footage about, or a film about J.R. Smith going back to school. We can make a film about Delhi almost dying. Literally, he had to go to the hospital, if you remember. I the had way, to go to the hospital, the get he, an IV, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty neat. Let's get that footage going. Uh, we'll see it someday when LeBron makes his documentary. Right. There's still another basketball game to talk about. Oh, yes. Yeah, a little less drama, though, in the Eastern Conference game. After a slow first half, the Sixers solved the Nets' defense to take a 2-0 lead over the Nets, thanks to big games from Joel Embiid, Tyrese Maxey, and Tobias Harris. True or false, Tess? The Sixers are going to sweep the Nets. I say no. I say that's false. I do just hold out hope. Really, it's a game that they're going to get at home just because the Sixers give up a game. Now, the Sixers have obviously done their job and won both games at home. And Embiid's way too much of a problem for this Nets team. End of story. That's what we thought going into the series. That's what's happening now. They're just too small. The fronting, zoning, and going small away from Nick Claxton, the only guy who can think about guarding Joel Embiid, worked for a half. Nick Claxton sat on the bench, and they literally played five wings. Guards and wings out there. Claxton, the only center who played last night, he was minus nine in the first half. But somehow, the Nets were up five at half because of just how relentless they were and because 
the Sixers, until Doc Rivers' inspirational speech, just weren't getting him beat the ball. And Doc said, come on. Give him the ball. Give him the ball. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be good if he can touch the ball. Mic'd up, yeah. He, he just continuously said, come on. It was easy as that. <laughs> he just said, come on, a lot of times. Yeah, in the, in the third quarter, they decided to get him the ball in the middle of the floor. The double started coming, and Embiid's passing is out of this world. Uh, he's throwing 40-foot passes from the top to each corner, wherever. He just knows the guys are there, and he's firing away. And so they dismantled them in the second half. Yeah, the Nets could win just because they – I think it's more the Sixers not playing to their capabilities. But this is rough. I mean, they tried. And if they shot a little better in game two like they did in game one, then they win. Uh, the the three balls just weren't going down. I, I did want to see Cam Johnson after a 22-point first half get some more shots in the second half. Uh, that that kind of went away. But that's it. That's all the analysis I got for you, Trey. Yeah, I think there is potentially a world where the Sixers get up 3-0 and give up the classic Game 4 gentleman sweep game, mm-hmm. not giving a full effort against the Nets. But this thing is completely Jover. The Nets played perfect, I thought, in the first half. Did exactly what they needed to do to pull any kind of an upset. You mentioned it. The smaller lineup had the Sixers flustered. They were just trying to get the ball into Joel Embiid in the post, and nobody wanted to throw an outlet or throw an entry pass to Embiid. They just couldn't figure out a way to get him the ball. They were creating advantages. The Nets were shooting threes, 8 of 22 in the first half. Sixers, meanwhile, 4 of 16 from three, 12 turnovers. You mentioned Cam Johnson was on fire. He had 22 in the first half, 9 of 13 from the field. That monster dunk on Embiid. But in the second half, Doc Rivers gave his come on, come on, come on speech and then moved Joel Embiid to the top of the key, maybe a little bit over towards the left elbow as well. And it was so easy for him to see where the double teams were coming and then occasionally triple teams, which was (laughs) Not working out well for the Nets because Embiid was in distributor mode, being able to see the double team. He would just whip the ball to the opposite corner usually, and then it was Tucker in the corner, Maxie in the corner, and Tobias Harris, who I thought had an awesome game, kind of lurking down in the dunker spot. For a long time in the third quarter, it felt like the Sixers were either getting a dunk at the rim or a wide-open three, usually from the corner. They knocked down a ton of those. It got to the point where the Nets could no longer double Embiid, so he was going one-on-one, and they obviously don't have any sort of matchup for Embiid one-on-one. He was scoring time and time again. Sixers came alive from three in the second half. They hit seven. The Nets only hit five. They stopped turning the ball over, only seven. Much more manageable in the second half for the Sixers. And like you're saying, Cam Johnson... They took him out of the game. Six points on six shots in the second half. That was impressive from Embiid. That was a game where you would say the Nets took him out of the game, at least for a half, and he finished with 20 points, 19 rebounds, seven assists, a steal, three blocks, which he says should have been more, and he may be right. Uh, Also eight turnovers because there were problems, certainly in the first half, but the guy is owning the lane on both ends of the court, and there's nothing the Nets can do about it. So unless the Sixers have a... A moment of slackitude in game four. I think this one is done for. Slackitude. Slackitude. When your uh, slack alert goes off <laughs> the wrong time. Just got, a, just got an attitude. Yeah, or like when you get upset that you're getting a slack mm. that you weren't expecting, maybe. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. Like when I sent JD 16 pictures Yeah. yesterday for today's show. He just hit me with a salute face. 
slackitude. <laughs> well, what did you want? Yeah, oh, thank you. Thank you for the extra work. Thank you. Oh, thank I don't you, know. Thank I'm you. just trying to think of a recent Slack interaction oh. I had. I had a pleasant one with Tass this morning. We were agreeing on things. I've got a better one from JD. The dead silence on Slack. Oof. Oh, oh well. That, now that's slackitude without saying anything. Well, when, when did I not respond? Oh, let me count the ways, JD. <laughs> hey, man, I turn off my phone and I put it away. That's just how no, it is. Like, okay. Between 3 and 4 P? Yeah, usually. It's my nap <laughs> time. No, time. You know what? It's it's hard, but that uh, in playoff mode, when you're in playoff mode, mm. that is the time for us. Yes. You got to gear up for the evening. You're obviously up really early. That's the it's hard, time it's hard sure. to turn it off. It's hard to turn it off at that time. Maybe I got to Maybe I hey, I'm glad we had this talk. Maybe I got to go do not disturb focus mode or whatever the hell these phones do. Anyway, um the thing about Nick Claxton, he's uh, just just Quickly, I know we don't have to talk much more. Nick Laxon got some defensive player of the year chatter earlier chatter. this season. He can't even be on the floor uh, with Joel Embiid for them to win. Yep. It's it's obviously a testament to Joel Embiid. It's just the size. The size is too much. Claxon's large, 6'11", but he's, he's he'll get bowled over every single time. And you saw that like when you said when the ISOs happened, when the one-on-ones happened. He just Embiid can get to wherever he wants without getting called for offensive fouls. He's he's that skilled. His footwork is that good. His handle is that good. His even his his handwork is that good. like he had some low dribbles to yeah. be able to divert away from some hands from the nets. It's just odd that guy gets defensive player of the year chatter and then can't literally can't stay on the floor. I just quickly said Harris two great games back to back and. Just having one good game from Harden and then one good game from Maxi is enough for this team uh, to play yeah, and hold the Nets to 84 points. That's that's the weird thing. They had a, a way better shooting game in game one to get to 101 points, but this one felt a lot closer, uh, even though they couldn't score. Yeah, it is, it's crazy to see that at the end of the game, the Nets finished with 84 points. I guess only 96 for the Sixers, so mm-hmm. a little bit more of a 90s-styled game. But, yeah, Maxi definitely the beneficiary of the game plan for the Nets, getting the ball out of Embiid's hands, making Harden uh, a playmaker as well, and 33 for Maxi, including six threes. For the longest time, all he had was points, no rebounds or assists. Unfortunately, Gore had three rebounds, but <laughs> <laughs> a great line from him. And then Tobias Harris, like you mentioned, on playback last night, all we just kept saying was, don't forget Tobias Harris is on the Sixers. It's easy to overlook him, but he made a lot of great plays last night, finished with 20 points, 12 rebounds, which I thought was really key uh, for the Sixers as well. They played well. The only guy who had a stinker was James Harden. Eight points for Harden last night, three of 13 shooting from the field, two of eight from three. He had seven assists. He had five turnovers. You told me he was going to have his best playoffs ever. Yesterday, <laughs> man. You lying to me? I hope maybe it could it. Will it? It's there's a still a chance. <laughs> there's absolutely a, a teeny tiny chance he gets away with this one. No one really is gonna remember. Yep. Um, but he does have bad game twos. Yes, he does. Forgot about that. Forgot about Tobias Harris being on the Sixers <laughs> roster. Every time we mention it, oh yeah, don't forget about Tobias Harris. I forget about it immediately after, and I forget that James Harden had a bad or is bad at game twos. I don't know. I don't know what this team is. It's hard and waiting to pick it up in round two, three, and four. I do think it is best for them to get it over with as fast as possible. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because their opponents 
and the Boston Celtics most likely, they're probably going to get it done pretty quickly too. Yes, so. uh, those both seem to be pretty short series, uh, Boston and Philadelphia, and should be an awesome matchup in the second round, assuming they both get through. Nothing is done. Uh, yeah, no, that's, that's 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 a good way to put it. You got to say that, um, but I've, I've I held out hope that the Hawks could win a couple games. They got to do something tonight. Series doesn't start till a home team wins yeah. loses. That's what they say. So series is starting game three for Nets versus Sixers. Right. That is, uh, later right. This week. Uh, anything else about uh, the sport of playoff basketball? <sighs> Quickly, don't want to jinx anything. I think the officials are doing pretty well. Okay. Three nights in. Haven't been a story yet. Haven't been a story yet. Whether you want to call them a story regarding Draymond Green's foul thing, that's up to you. But I will say a lot of griping yesterday on both sides, on the Kings and the Warriors, both were right. I I, I logged like six, seven fouls, and it's pretty even. They screwed up for the Kings. They screwed up for the Warriors. Very difficult calls. I think even though they were letting them play, there was a little bit of overreaction, I think, to some physical play on the perimeter. You know, let, let them you know, bump a little bit. But so far, so good, Trey. They've kind of so stayed so They've kind of stayed out of the way. They've called a movement screen here. They've called a travel on stars there. So, I'm, yeah, that's all i got to say. I, I just feel like we have to say it because we do the other thing. That's a good point. The other side. Otherwise, man, we were, we were watching playback or watching Sixers Nets on playback, the the early game, and we said, if the Kings can be up 2-0 at the end of the night, wow, 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 the dynasty, wow. it could be crumbling finally. And that's what we're getting, yeah. Yeah, we chose to get a little bit of, a little bit of sleep and, and not go all out and watch the Kings and Warriors on playback. And, <laughs> and, you know, we're a little selfish and did the early game here on the East Coast and want to go all out. But everybody's got to be happy in terms of this series being the best series so far. It's obviously, uh, it's paid off. We all expected it to be the best series. That doesn't always happen. It's happening right now. It's absolutely happening right now. Remind me to ask you about referees later in the C block. Okay, gotcha. For now, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, it'll be the B block. (laughs) Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Back with No Dunks. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for getting involved in the heated discussion about Draymond Green for Game 3. Leave your comments down below. Let us know what you think about those takes. People are loving those takes. More like hating, but yeah. Yeah, hate and love, it's very similar emotions. (laughs) Very strong emotions both ways. We love the passion, though. We (laughs) We love love the passion. Uh, I saw people saying uh, people contain multitudes. 
Mm. And podcasters are people too. (laughs) 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 Which is something I'll always remember. So thank you, Pierre Publico. (laughs) Big thanks to you. It's award season, y'all. And we got our first announcement last night as the Memphis Grizzlies. Jaron Jackson Jr. was named... 2023 Kia Defensive Player of the Year. Triple J led the league in blocks this season, and he led the voting in a big way, finishing with 56 first-place votes to top Brooke Lopez and Evan Mobley, the other finalists in the awards. They finished second and third, respectively. Tess, any surprise here that Jaron Jackson Jr. gets the DPOY crown? No surprise. Deserving. I think I had Brooke at the end of the day. But for the beginning of the day, I was definitely in the corner of Jaron Jackson Jr. with his impact all over the floor. Uh, Evan Mobley, a good case in terms of being all over the floor and how he affects three-point shots. When you're looking at a big and you got to split hairs, I think that's definitely one reason why you could have picked Evan Mobley. But Jaron Jackson Jr. is sort of in between these guys, he definitely guards the three-point line. He obviously leading the league in blocks, guards the rim, is is probably the biggest uh, d- deterrent, uh, the best rim protector amongst these three guys. This is the scariest of them all. The argument against Jaron Jackson Jr. is that he doesn't play enough. Not a lot of minutes. 28 minutes. But you can turn that around and say... Well, that's how effective he is. Imagine if he played 35 minutes. I guess it's the Steph Curry argument uh, early in his career about being MVP. Doesn't play enough minutes. Didn't have to play in a lot of games because they blew them out. Well, it's also uh, a factor of the Memphis Grizzlies coaching staff. They just say, we don't want to play our stars all that much. It's not just Jaron Jackson Jr. You look up and down their roster. John Morant doesn't even play 32 minutes a game. Uh, And it's between 32 and and, and 27 for Steven Adams. So that's where Jaron Jackson Jr. is. I think we have the uh, the board there, uh, JD. Yeah, all their starters are like under 32 minutes a game. Yeah, so fits right in. I mean, that's just what they do on that team. So part of it, a, a tiny part of it is foul trouble, and that's what people will get Absolutely. on Absolutely. But also, it's they want to sit him, and so keep him fresh, and that's what they do with their entire roster. You're, you're watching it now. You're you're looking at graph paper now if you're with us on YouTube. Morant, <laughs> under 32. Bain, under 32. Brooks at 30. Jaren's Action Jr. at 28.4. And Steven Adams at 27. Those are their five starters. That's what they do. They play their guys light. So you can't fault them for that. you got to look into the numbers. And I think that's a, a fair way of saying that, yes, he doesn't play a lot. But there's a reason as well. Yeah, and I think that if the minutes increased 1.6 minutes per game (laughs) to the fact that there would just be a three in that first column instead of two, I think that would change everything and it wouldn't really be an argument because to me, Defensive Player of the Year feels a little bit minutes-proof as an award. In 2014-15, Kawhi Leonard won Defensive Player of the Year. He played 64 games, played 31.8 minutes per game, but he was clearly one of the two best defenders in the league. It was him and it was Draymond. Kawhi got those couple of awards right in a row. And it's just kind of like, who is the best at defense this season? As long as you've played enough to qualify for the award, uh, I'm fine with Jaron Jackson Jr. getting it. Though it is weird that Brooke Lopez had the exact same case this season that Marcus Smart had last season yeah. for the Celtics when Smart won it. It was Smart and Robert Williams were two leading candidates for the award because the Bucks had the absolute, or the Celtics last season had the best defense. I think that's the same case for Brooke Lopez. He missed all of the 21-22 season for the most part, came back, 
played a great year for the Bucks. They have the best defense in the league. You can see the impact that Brooke has, uh, but the narrative changes sometimes. So yeah, he may have been hurt by Smart getting it. He may have been hurt by Smart getting it. And, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., I think, had probably a stronger candidacy season than anybody else uh, last year, especially if the number two candidate was on the same team. But Jackson finished first, Lopez second, Mobley third. I kind of thought he was going to get more than eight first-place votes because I think he had six on the tracker Mm -hmm. from the guy on Twitter. Like, he had six first-place votes that had leaked via podcast and article write-ups, made its way to uh, Max Crows, I believe is his name, Crows Fire on Twitter. So he had six <laughs> public votes, only finished with eight. So I guess uh, the Evelyn Mobley voters were just happy to get their votes yeah. out there, trying to influence the proceedings. They were getting excited and yeah. talking about Mobley, who is – it's an interesting scenario there because he's playing with Jared Allen. And Brooke Lopez didn't get the Defensive Player of the Year award even a few years ago when Yanis Tetacupo won it. Yanis got it. Evan Mobley's case is somewhat like Yanis, where he's not the the backline defender, but he's the most dynamic defender, guarding everywhere. Evan Mobley had the most three points shots contested this season of anybody in the National Basketball Association, which is pretty wild to think that he he does that. But yeah, it's it's fun to look at the uh, the Max Froze Twitter account. That that the the Twitter heat is it is a fire account. It's fun because uh, I I started looking at ahead to the the rookie of the year balloting and that uh there is one voter uh who gave uh, a vote a first place vote to uh walker kessler uh with the utah jazz and oh, yeah, there is. it's it's a flashback to our man chuck swirsky <laughs> giving barniani a vote over brandon roy come on blank arrow should be the guy and I, i'm totally fine with, with triple j getting it to, to circle back here yeah i think i think brooke is sort of hurt by the the team Award mm-hmm. given to Smart last year because it would feel like that a little bit uh, with with Brooke too because you'd probably say Giannis is the best defender uh, on the, that's why this this award it is a team award a lot <laughs> a of the time bit, yeah uh, but Jaron Jackson Jr. leading league in blocks two years in a row and the Grizzlies were bad on defense until he got healthy and then they were suddenly great on defense turned it around yeah yep others receiving first place votes Draymond Green got three. Bam Adebayo got one. Joel Embiid got one first-place vote. And then others on the list are Giannis, OG Ananobi, Jeru Holiday. Maybe that's why Brooke Lopez didn't win, because there are three bucks mm-hmm. in the top ten for Defensive Player of the Year voting. Splitting some votes there. Uh, so Jeru, then Nick Claxton, Alex Caruso, and Jimmy Butler all made the list. Cool. Those guys are good at defense. We're 10 games into the playoffs so far. Every team has played at least one game, so we've seen playoff gear and slogans from all 16 teams who are still in the mix. I thought it'd be fun to rank the playoff mantra shirts each team is wearing on the bench. There's a bunch of them, Tass. 16. There's even more, actually. A weird number. What? 17. There are 17 playoff mantra (laughs) t-shirts available at Nike right now. I'll start you with the honorable mention. It's the Chicago Bulls and the New Orleans Pelicans. (laughs) These ones are tabbed as coming soon on the website. A C red for the Bulls, a one NOLA for the Pels. They did not have these for the Raptors or for the Thunder. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I guess you got to – I don't understand how the Bulls and the Pelicans got theirs made. But they didn't make the real playoffs. Ergo, they are only honorable mention. But if you want to honor the Chicago Bulls becoming the first 10 seed to ever win a play-in game, that's how you do it. 
And they weren't worn. They weren't handed out at the plane. That's a good question. Games. I don't know if they were wearing them then. Yeah, I, I guess the bulls were on the road, so it doesn't matter. Both times, right? <laughs> yeah, but these are what they wear like on their benches. Yeah, like yeah, the yeah, teams yeah, are yeah, wearing yeah, yeah. them as warm ups or any something like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't wear this. Nah, I mean that's premature. <laughs> yeah, you can't wear it. Nah, so that's okay. So I guess there's 18, Trey. 18 shirts. <laughs> you would think so. Because coming in number 16 the on the list, the Los Angeles Lakers. They didn't make a shirt. They're too good they for that. They didn't make a shirt this year. They're too good for <laughs> yeah, that. They're the only team that doesn't have one who is in the playoffs. So as you're seeing here, uh, coming in at number 15, the Memphis Grizzlies. Apparently their playoff slogan this year, <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> That's all it says on the shirt. That was crazy. That was the one that was labeled as the mantra shirt. I did find this on the Grizzlies store on like store.nba.com or something like that with us on a plain white t-shirt. Uh, I think that with us is actually their 2023 playoff motto, but that is a pretty lackluster shirt. Plain white t-shirt with us, 2023 playoffs. Number 15, oh, the Grizzlies. I, that's bad enough to make into a V-neck, I think. I, I could, <laughs> I, right? Yeah, you could see that in a, a crappy t-shirt store where they just put every type of apparel and throw that logo on there. It could yeah. be a hoodie. Totally. Could be a like bad V. Red Bubble or Zazzle or those like the like make your own <laughs> oh, T-shirt yeah. websites. That's what this looks like to me. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Okay. We're getting into official official shirts starting now. Number uh, fourteen on the list: the Cleveland Cavaliers. Black shirt, white writing. Let them know. Mm. That's the slogan. Not very Cavs to me. Nothing about this screams Cleveland Cavaliers. This very much looks like a a free T-shirt you would get on a. Yeah, an argument yeah, for the black would be that, though, that it's in an arena. I think it could be a a little intimidating for the opponent to have 18,000, 19,000 in a dark color, you know, all all together. And and the fact that it's probably not matched by the opponent's jersey. That's the important part. Okay, that's that's the important part. That's what I'm looking at. I'm, I'm starting to evaluate these by how they look on TV, in an arena, and if they match the opponent's jersey. Well, very. Kind this of one's effect? very readable. It's a, a chunky <laughs> font. It's a heavy font right there. It is heavy. Yeah. It's not Cavsy. Not Cavsy at all. Uh, and that is a similar complaint I have for our number 13 team. Bring it in. That's the Denver Nuggets playoff logo. Another black t-shirt. Basically white writing. Bring it in. But the reason I have this one a little bit higher than the Cavaliers is because there is at least some Denver Nuggets flair thrown into it with the the pickaxe logo. They they threw a random snow-capped mountain on the eye for some reason. But this one just seems like a a 4% step up from the Cavs. I'm not really happy with the team name underneath it. Yeah. Takes away from everything. That seems to be the general style, though. Yeah, that's... I guess, that's the thing. They all, they, I guess everyone communicated, coordinated, we're throwing this on every single shirt out there. Bring it in. Yeah, bring <laughs> it in's fine. Bring it in's fine. At least there's color on this one. At least I there's suppose. color on there. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's got a little bit more to it, I think, than the Cavs one. At number 12, the Atlanta Hawks shirt. It's a black shirt, once again. You got together, 404, and yellow and red. And then for some reason, it's mirrored upside down with an upside down 404 together. Just a lot going on on yeah. this one. Yeah. That's what I initially thought. And then I thought, you know, we're 
we're bold enough to say that we can have a lot going on and we're okay with that. <laughs> I, I would like the mirror to be a little bit faded. Like, I mean, it, it's gray. Yeah. It could be faded more. I, I don't know. Together 404. Yeah, I like it because I have a 404 area code. <laughs> <laughs> but that's about it. I hear you. Yeah, this, uh, this one to me is another uh, freebie presented by a bank somehow. Right. But, at number, we're yeah, we're in the bank shirt segment right here. <laughs> I would say uh, at number eleven, all hands. That's a Clippers shirt. The LA is in red, which is a nice touch. But I wasn't a big fan of this because when I hear all hands, I don't think all hands on deck the way you would on a clipper ship. I hear all hands meeting at yeah. twelve o'clock noon. Yeah. Zoom link to follow. Mm-hmm. How much anxiety would that provoke? <laughs> at- an email from Steve Bomber. <laughs> Got an all hands meeting coming. Read all hands shirts. <laughs> I think Steve Bomber's meetings are a lot more entertaining than yeah. other company sure. meetings. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's announcing that we got our arena going. We've uh, decided on all our eateries in, uh, in the new Clippers arena. Exciting stuff. Yeah, there's a color here. There's we, a color we, here. We yeah, had, I like the blue. Had, it looks had, good. We just had like back to back to back to back to back to back blacks, right? I mean, yeah. We had a lot of blacks there. <laughs> the uh, people are saying this is a Kawhi Leonard reference because his hands are so big. Okay, <laughs> I like it a little bit more now. You sold me on this one. It's a handsy team. And you anti-sold me, uh, stream team, on the Hawks 404 shirt, which I think maybe should move down even more because everybody in the stream team is saying 404 wins not found. <laughs> that's like the status <laughs> message you get when you log into a bad website. On the internet. That's a good point. All right, at number 10, saw this shirt last night. For the love of Philly, 76ers mantra t-shirt. The city of brotherly love, okay. But that's a big old font on this shirt, and it makes the 76 logo look very tiny inside that O. Don't love it. Mm. Yeah, this seemingly, it's not as big as the 404 error shirt, but I think I like the 404 error shirt more than this one. Just because there's a, there, it's it's stacked this this font. Yeah, there's it's, too much there's too much font, font going on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right. Not, I kind of probably this could have gone below all hands, especially now that people got me fired up about the Kawhi Leonard tie-in as well. Yeah, but that's why that's why people do tears because I would have all of these in the the bank shirt mm. tears <laughs> segment together. But yeah. we're knocking on the door of I, better shirts. Here. I think you got to lower your expectations here. I, I, just overall, I think you just got to. I, I know. Somebody actually put work into all these. But think of them, yeah, as freebie shirts. No, these aren't free, man. You're paying $35 yeah. plus shipping. Well, I ain't. But I would I, – what, <laughs> what about – but aren't these aren't these going to be in the arena for some of these probably? No, this this you would have to buy from a team store. I bought the Bulls one last year. It was the exact same. It was C red, but it was red. Are you telling me the freebies that they're going to give out are worse than these? Indeed. Indeed Come they on. are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll say like fly with us. For the love of Philly, maybe it'll say ding it. <laughs> that's actually a good one yeah that's Dang probably it. better than this alright next tier we're moving up number 9 Brooklyn Nets their shirt is just a black shirt that says the Brooklyn way this one is boring too that's boring however the Brooklyn way is a phrase associated yeah with the Nets with the notorious B.I.G. and just the thing that people say about Brooklyn in general so that to me this just looks like a, a Brooklyn t-shirt you would get maybe not Nets specific but it's a, just a standard okay t-shirt the font is also yeah. the same font that they use. Yeah, it screams uh, everyone against Brooklyn or whatever those shirts say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Brooklyn versus everybody that or something. One, yeah. yeah, like, yeah, I, this will sell well, but it's it's plain. Yeah, exactly. It's plain, but 
not offensive the way the other ones I think can be a little. Yeah, bit. it fits. It this fits. one, you're, it makes you. It's really glaring the the little subtitle that they have at the bottom. It's <laughs> yes. like you left the captioning on or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's with the trademark point. and the watermark, like. Yeah. Uh, why? why? Get rid of all there? of them. Yeah. Uh, that whole thing is that doesn't make sense. You don't like the the date and time stamps? Yeah, yeah for I, your team. I don't. I print. That's fair. I printed and I got the URL on the bottom of the paper. <laughs> yeah. Like, sh- crap! I don't want that. I don't need to. Don't show footer, please. Like, <laughs> you gotta turn off show footer on your shirts yeah, exactly. to wear this. <laughs> That's very funny. All right, at number eight, we're staying in New York. This is all in, all one, a Knicks shirt. They've got the five boroughs listed around it. It's a blue shirt. They basically turned the Knicks logo into their slogan, all in, all one. And so that's why I have this one ahead of the Nets. It looks cool. They turned the Knicks logo into some more words. That's something we would do on a t-shirt, so props. (laughs) The balls to put Brooklyn (laughs) on their shirt. That's a good point. Damn. Like in your face. Uh, That's... That's bold. I like the colors, actually. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I think it's all right. That's all right. Right in the middle. Right in the middle. Number eight. Uh, at number seven, I had this one higher before I did my final review here. It's the Golden State Warriors. Black shirt. says gold-blooded in gold uh, mm-hmm. on the front. I think they wore similar shirts last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. You know, I think it's a striking look. Interesting font. Uh, but strength in numbers will always be the Warriors' motto to me. A very neat font, though. I, I do like the yeah. way it's it's drawn. Uh, so I I think this one, as much as I uh, diminished earlier shirts that no one should pay for them, this one, it's payable. It's buyable. <laughs> I, 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 it's a viable sale in that the one's store. Viable. Yeah, throw it in the store. It's reasonable. It's a reasonable design to sell. It's a reasonable design. Yeah. Black, black and gold. I mean, there's there's a lot of black shirts here in the mix, which there's you know so it's many. a great shirt. Uh, at number six, we've seen this logo f- and this slogan for quite some time. It's a Milwaukee Bucks shirt, and you're never gonna guess. It says "Fear the Deer" on it. <laughs> <laughs> you they this. found their they found their slogan. They're like, we're sticking with it. We still want to be scary. Why so high, Trey? It's green. I mean, it's good. I, I, I suppose this is in the mid-tier, uh, all things considered, but it's not bad. No, it's not bad. They got a good logo. They got good colors. They got a good slogan. They've probably done a similar shirt to this every year they've been in the playoffs with Giannis, so it's just a matter of moving that deer head around and moving those words around. Yeah, they the right need mix. to move the this side-by-side for the audio listeners, there's the big deer head on one side and yep. then the fear of the deer. Uh, it kind of looks like the Last of Us uh, lo- like logo, like the Last of Us words when you see it on the video game or on the show. Mm-hmm. But I hate this. Put put the put the deer in the center and then the fear of the deer around it, which we've seen before. But this is – I don't like this. This I, should be way lower. Ooh. Anyway, oh, you, you don't like the side by side look? A little column. Not, a little not column to get B. all stream team on you, but come on, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> this is my worst take ever. <laughs> One of your worst takes. Yeah, okay, fair I do enough. like the green though. It's a nice green. Yeah, I've sure. been wearing a lot of green shirts lately. I was wearing a green shirt yesterday when I made the list, so maybe uh, that influenced me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> hey, we green got a, on the brain. We got a green. Is this good T-shirt coming? Coming uh-huh. soon. Oh, I would rank it very highly on my <laughs> list. Uh, would it make top five? I don't know, but this one did from the Boston Celtics. Black shirt, of course. Unfinished business in green. However, the I and the S in unfinished 
is made to look like a gold 18 because the Celtics are chasing their 18th championship. Nice pun. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Classy. Ah, Simple. I, well, I, what I will say is neat idea. <laughs> neat. <laughs> <laughs> neat idea. What I will also say, that eight, it's an eight. Some, But if it's one of those uh, optical illusions. Like Sometimes I look at it and I see it's all S. Like I don't even Pure see S. an eight. Then I'll look at it a different way and I'll see yeah. an eight. I'm not a designer, so I'm sure it's hard. <laughs> but now I see an eight. Now I don't see it. It's it's one of those things that I just have to look at it the right way. So it's up to you. I'd it's argue really that's good. what makes it cool, though. That's what makes yeah, it a makes cool you think. design huh? because it is an IS and it is an eighteen. And if you see it one way one one time and then the other way the other time, it's executing both. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that. I'm happy though that the Celtics have these. Because for their game one against the Hawks, they were wearing like a marathon themed shirt. It said one Boston on it. And like the Boston marathon branding is blue and yellow. Yeah. So they were wearing blue and yellow warmups. They were playing on their standard light green parquet court. And they were wearing their dark green and black jerseys. That was way too many crazy colors going around. (laughs) So I'm happy to see they simplified it here. And... You know, I like the Celtics kind of putting it out there. We lost in the finals last year. Absolutely. But we're trying to win it this year. So that one is at number five. At number four, feel the roar. (laughs) This is a Sacramento Kings shirt. We've got uh, a big gray lion in the background and a little tiny cute gray lion in the foreground. It says feel the roar in white. I think this is a cool looking shirt. Uh, I appreciate the tie-in from the king of the jungle to the kings of Sacramento. But come on. Everybody knows the slogan this year is light the beam. Mm. They're in a tough spot. Maybe light the beam is trademarked specifically by the Kings franchise and they didn't have access to it, but still cool. Could have been better. Who doesn't have access to it? Nike? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Keeping the beam to themselves. (laughs) What do I know? Yeah, it's a cool design. I would, I would run with the beam if you could. Yeah, why really the heck mean. not? But at the same time, the Kings can do no wrong this year. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty content. good. Yeah. Yeah, a little purple. Yeah, the pur- I guess like a purple feel the roar in the background as well. Uh, I used to have a gray cat named Boots. We would shave her and just leave her lion's mane and call her the elusive gray lion. So I'm <laughs> very excited to see the Kings honoring her with a t-shirt. <laughs> at number three, had this at number one for a long time. Oh, baby. Till I did my last edit. Miami Heat, the only white shirt in the mix. It says white hot playoffs in a serif font, which I think is just a classy (laughs) look. Looks like a Vogue magazine. You got a tiny little heat symbol on there. But the reason I ended up knocking it down to number three was when I looked at it, I did not like the way 2023 was written. Mm. Looks like a papyrus font or something along those lines. Nice papyrus call. Yeah, and this one is maybe a little too playoff thing because it says playoffs on there real hard. So if you go to wear this game to game one of next season, you're feeling dated, man. Are you telling me that this isn't handed out for free? (laughs) It looks like a free ski. I'm with you. No, Bam out of Iowa was wearing this. Holy jumping! Crazy. The, uh, the, Joseph, the best thing about this is the white subtitle, like the that's the or the gray on white, so it's yeah, not the silverness. As in your face. That's muted. Yeah. That's nice. I, I totally agree with that. Otherwise, uh, yeah, it just it feels like yeah. Next year, 
You're useless. These, these are useless. These it, are says, useless. it says 2023 right in the middle. Yeah, that's a, that one is getting dated pretty quickly. Uh, but good thing that the Heat won one game, at least. So maybe you can wear the shirt a little bit longer. <laughs> Sounds like I made the right call, though, bumping yeah. it down. And yeah. you guys, I think, would bump it down even further, yeah, it's, if it's, I'm not mistaken. People should buy it. I think it will look good in the arena because yeah. they, they often, yeah, yeah, yeah. They often wear white. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, they do wear white in the crowd. Okay, but now the top two shirts. At number two, Rally the Valley. Oh, very nice. Phoenix Sun shirt. You got a nice gradient from yellow, or maybe that's an orangish to purple on Rally the Valley. It's got their cool valley font on it. You got the little sunburst. You, of course, got the date and time stamps as well. <laughs> yeah, this one just, I think, looks like a cool shirt. Even if this was the free t-shirt. Right. If they gave you this as a free t-shirt at a game, you would wear it another time. Yeah. Which is a huge compliment to a free t-shirt. <laughs> this one is good. Yeah, it fits all of their previous branding as well. All their their city edition fonts. It, it fits the same. It's uh, exactly uh, now worthy. This is also worthy of a purchase. It's just nice. Yeah, that's nice. A nice that's a cool one. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to rally the valley. I'd love to rally the valley. <laughs> yeah. And that to me, like, yeah, you got it in 2023. It says it, but you could wear that next year, any year. Uh, hence exactly. because you're still trying to rally that valley. Yeah. But the thing that threw me off when I was like trying to type this in my notes, uh-huh. there's no E in valley. R-A-L-L-E-Y. I kept typing like a fool because valley has one. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> JD, I know you love the valley. I love it. I love the valley. <laughs> and number one, our number one shirt. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, they put three wolves on their shirt. It says we're all raised by wolves on it. It's all black and white. Even the Timberwolves logo, very subtle, to the point where they put it on one of the wolves in the foreground. And I had to zoom in to see if they were doing that thing, like where you hold up a record cover to where the photo was taken and it blends in perfectly. I thought that's what the wolf was doing on its leg. It's just a wolf's logo. Mm -hmm. The saying is weird. We're all raised by wolves, but I like that they put we're all very small. So raised by wolves, looks big. This just looks like a shirt you could buy that happens to be a Timberwolf shirt. It seems like a shirt that you'd wear, JD. I'm not, <laughs> not offending you by any means. I'd wear it as well. But uh... I like it. I like it. it. It's This is the best of them all, I would. So I agree with you, nice. Trey. Nice. I don't know why. Why do you need we're all? Why can't <laughs> I, I why not just raised by wolves is cooler? Mm-hmm. And it does have vibes of like uh, you know one of those cheesy sweaters you see on awkward family photos, yeah. you know, like a wolf sweater <laughs> yes. or t-shirt. Um, but yeah, I'd wear this. Yeah, it's sure. very reminiscent of like the famous three wolf moon photos, where like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which surely was the inspiration. Right. Uh, but I think they nailed it. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll see those on the bench as well. Those are your uh, what seventeen shirts? I think we ended up at. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess 18 if you include that weird Grizzlies one. Um, but, yeah, Lakers fans are saying, we've got such a legacy. We don't need to do T-shirts. <laughs> Too good for it. I like that. Tell that to the Celtics. They did a T-shirt. They did two T-shirts. They put a number on it. <laughs> they like they put money. a number on both of them. One was a one, one was an 18. Or was it an is? I don't know. Stay tuned. After the break, it's that C-block we've been talking about. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Whoa! Mac is back! You ever wish you could have it both ways? I do. Like a zero-calorie cheeseburger or staying up late but not feeling exhausted in the morning? Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort. But you can have it both ways with Mack Weldon. Mack Weldon makes timeless apparel with modern performance fabrics for guys who want to look and feel sharp without sacrificing comfort. From their light-as-air underwear to innovative anti-odor tees and versatile yet comfortable pants, Mack Weldon has a full range of clothes that never go out of style. I've got some polos, some tees, some undies, and I love them. Simple, soft, stylish. In fact, I'm wearing Mack Weldon right now. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes, but feel like the latest in modern comfort. If you told me my silver PK polo was made from 100% cotton, I would 100% believe you. But those antimicrobial silver threads keep me feeling fresher longer. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code NODUNKS. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com, promo code NODUNKS. Back with No Dunks. The vibes are good in here. The vibes are good with the stream team. Again, they're feeling a lot more joy <laughs> after that last segment. Talking shirts. <laughs> People just want to talk shirts, not chests. The thing that goes on your chest, not on <laughs> It's time for Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Not sure how excited the stream teamers or the podcast listeners will be with this tweet because... Will they be excited with an in-season tournament? It's here. It is real. More details from Adrian Wojnarowski and Bobby Marks. The tournament, which starts next year, is expected to include quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals in early December. That's when it's happening, within the season. Woj and Bobby then uh, break down the the winnings because there's prize money. 500 k per player on the winning team. But there's more. You also win 200k per player on the runner-up, a hundred thousand if you're a semifinal loser, and fifty thousand. 
per quarterfinal loser. <laughs> I, I like how Woj, how Woj wrote that. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that was like, a, at least for me on Twitter, my first comment that I saw as a response was Amir Blumenfeld. Yes, me too. <laughs> Say 50K per loser. 50K per loser, 25K per loser. Oh, no, 50K. Sorry, that's yeah, the lowest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, which is like five cents for uh, for most of these players. For some of these players, winning 500K is humongous. It's actually bigger than their salary if you win this thing. Oh, yeah, definitely for uh, like yeah, the, for the, the, the lower, lesser-known players on the, on the bench for sure. They're going to be players. making multiples of their entire contract. But for the best players on the team, that's like a game check. It's, <laughs> like yes. 500K uh, for a W. But I it's, don't know. The, it's happening. It's happening. And the play-in tournament has been awesome uh, and definitely a win for the league. I thought this year was maybe the most entertaining that the games have actually been. So I'll give a benefit of the doubt to this in-season tournament, especially because the first few months of the season, it's like very exciting. The first month, everybody's playing again. We're getting to see the new teams, how everybody looks. And then there's definitely a lull in the middle part of the season before we get to the stretch run. And maybe this will spice things up a little bit in uh, December, but it's all going to be a matter of do the big name players treat these games just as seriously as they do a play in game, which they treat like a playoff game for sure. And we've definitely seen the differences in the regular season and the postseason this year. It is quite dramatic. I wonder if in season tournament this early in the year is going to be more like regular season basketball. I assume so. Yeah, totally. They obviously weighted where they put this in terms of ratings, in terms of fan interaction with the league overall. I'm sure they're checking the socials. I thought it would be more of a January thing because it'd be more. Sure. The lull feels more real for us because I guess we were high until December, until Christmas. But that's that's how it all factored out, I'm sure, for the National Basketball Association. The money not only for the players, is coming in from the sponsors. You are positive. That's wonderful. You're relating <laughs> it nice to man. the to the play-in tournament. I don't know if I've just become more American from being here, and I just can't see this soccer thing working, this idea working. Now, it's kind of working in the WNBA with the Commissioner's Cup. There is excitement around that uh, when it comes to their season. Players play for it. It's on the schedule. I, I, I still am a little confused as to how these games work. Because they're part of the regular season. Yeah, yeah. Except for the championship game, which would mean if you're in that game, you're playing an 83rd game, but the rest of them are regular season games. If I'm not mistaken, I think that's correct. Uh, We're going to need a follow-up tweet. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, But I think that's how it works. I think somehow these quarterfinals semifinals it's not just a tournament in addition all these all like if no you, they count you're right they count as games as well that's how the w does it and that's how the g league does it as well uh when they do what is it their g league showcase or whatever the games count as regular season games but they also count in these other standings as well so yeah i wonder how they will do the championship game kind of stuff and the um, whole and the whole thing and Finding the stats. Yeah. <laughs> Finding the stats will be hilarious, of course. Yeah, I don't know if those stats will exist, but it's great you trust in Adam. Adam has uh, always, always, always believed that that, that model, the, the football model would work, and here we are. I guess you got to give him a little benefit of the doubt. Uh, to, yeah, to we'll su- see how it goes, at least. We'll see how it goes. Really... If you if if let's say I didn't even know that this midseason tournament existed, 
I just go into next year wearing my 2023 playoff shirt, getting all excited, <laughs> and these games happen. Because that's that's to me that's how they're sort of going to feel. Like these games are kind of happening in the background, like they do in the W. Yep. Uh, they they kind of they're listed like beneath the score uh, schedule, like as a, a tournament game, but yep. it's part of the regular season. I would be like, okay, they're they're games, but they're part of this tournament. I I, I would just I wouldn't even I wouldn't even really notice because I do think, like you said, they're going to treat them sort of like regular season yeah, games. Yeah, probably so. But maybe the championship game will have a have some. You're playing for 500k for a lot of these guys. Maybe you're playing for your two way guy or your your 12th, 13th guy that's sort of uh, on his way out of Lee or just got into Lee or or whatever. Um, so that one kind of seems like it has a little bit of juice. I don't know, you're just more optimistic than I am about this. I've I've I'm always buying into the NBA. Uh, I just what they're team, selling me. I just want my team to win a championship, Tess. I guess. Your team has won a championship recently. It's been 25 years for my team. They did get a summer league championship once upon a time. And if the Bulls win an in-season tournament, absolutely, I will be showing off my in-season tournament champion shirt here on this very show and ranking the in-season tournament shirts for all the rest of the teams as well. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to make enough money to pump out enough to pump out shirts for well they gotta pay they gotta pay every player five hundred thousand dollars so they gotta make a lot they're of making shirts, money and they gotta look really good they're making money and this is definitely about dollar dollar bills y'all <laughs> about the sponsors paying in early december when do these games happen exactly i'm i'm, I'm intrigued pre-christmas Pre-Christmas, from December Play 1st. Play championship on Christmas? They would never do they that, would, but that'd be yeah. cool. Uh, it'd also be hilarious if a team decides to hang a banner for this. Right. Yeah, it's got to be like the ones we had for, like, worst of the year. Smaller banner. Can't, can't be championship-sized banner. But a little tiny one. Fine with me. Those are decent size. If you go back to our starter studio, I thought. <sighs> those are good. Look, those are good-sized banners for our studio. You're right, you're but right. But not for a 20,000-person stadium. No, yeah, you're right. It would look tiny up there. Yeah, it's one of those things that there's a... Uh, a perception problem. <laughs> like totally. the, you see those banners up in stadiums. How big are they, really? You it's impossible to know. Yeah. I I always assumed the size of a king size blanket. Yeah, <laughs> big enough to sleep under. Yeah, man, that'd be so cool to sleep underneath a championship flag. <laughs> Put on the bucket list. I didn't know that was a thing. It's on my bucket oh, yeah. list now. Make it a blanket. Make those blankets like a banner blanket. Bannerblankets.com <laughs> <laughs> slash no ducks. Done. Forty percent off. Your in-season championship banner. It's w- it's weird. Like you're taking fanatic to a weird <laughs> yeah. level. You're sleeping with actually, that like thing. The, actually, man, if I could get a '98 championship blanket, that's awesome. Bulls championship blanket. I'm gonna look that up after the show. You know, and also during the show. You know who's living the life? J.E. Skeets just got those Sweet Life tickets. He'll be in a suite. Hey. For game. Man, that's how you do a segue task. Let's talk about some game twos tonight. We got three of them on the schedule. It's our first stagger night of the postseason. The Hawks are in Boston for game two. That'll be on NBA TV at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Knicks and the Cavs have their game two in Cleveland. That's on TNT at 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Then the late game tonight is Clippers at Suns. Also on TNT, 10 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, right. More like 10.30 p.m. Eastern. If we're being quite honest. So, Tess, who do you think is most likely to even series tonight? Who are you watching for? What are you looking for in a bunch of pivotal game twos? Tonight? Well, we're not starting with Atlanta-Boston. Yeah, I didn't think so. No, we're not starting with that. That's not doesn't feel pivotal. It's pivotal for the Hawks, but 
Low key, I want a better game in Cleveland. I know I've been a bit of a Cleveland backer, so that's part of it, and there's no doubt. But also, low key, this game was terrible. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it kind of flew under the radar because there was eight games over the weekend, but there was a lot of poor performances in, in this game from both sides. And the Knicks got a victory with quickly not hitting a field goal and Grimes only hitting one shot and Randall not being great. Uh, on the other side, the Cavs could hit a, a, a free throw or two more. And there were some poor performances from Karis LeVert, Ricky Rubio, Dean Wade. We talked about them missing a lot of shots. But Evan Mobley is a guy I'm watching for in that game. He is just too good to be clanking shots from three, four feet. He was just throwing it up on the rim and maybe nerves in his first postseason game. But I want an even series. There's no doubt I want this to go long. And I expect it to go long. Um I just think that there there was something going on there in, in the water in Cleveland that he, Mobley's got to be able to finish better than that. He was he was the worst of all. It felt like even though he hit some shots, uh, he was just he was clanking. So that series, obviously exciting. Trey for 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 me as a as a Cavs man, <laughs> as a Cavs yeah, man. Yeah, look, it's it's exciting just period because it's uh, it's it still is a coin flip as as. Uh, I mean, it seemed like it was uh, a clear-cut win for the Knicks when looking back because the Cavs played so poorly, but the Knicks played poorly too. Uh, I I do think this should be a long series. Yeah, this seemed like a very tight series coming in. Game one seems like it's still going to be a tight series with a lot of these games coming down to clutch time. The difference in game one is that the Knicks had two people. He could, who could do something uh, in the clutch. It was mostly Jalen Brunson, but prior to that, it was Julius Randle. He had a really nice game when he started going a little bit haywire. Brunson settled it down, got good shots, and allowed Randle to focus on just making other plays. He had that huge offensive rebound. So, yeah, the 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 Cavs are going to need somebody else to step up alongside Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, who was It's got to be either Mobley or it's got to be Garland. Both those guys had a pretty poor fourth quarter. In game number one, what I wanted to ask you about, though, Tass. What do you got? I said, let's circle back in the C block. (laughs) We might be talking refs tomorrow. We very well might be talking refs tomorrow because Scott Foster is refereeing Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns tonight in their matchup against the Los Angeles Clippers. Clippers won game one behind a great performance from Kawhi Leonard. Uh, They got uh, really solid contributions from their bench. But Chris Paul and Scott Foster, they have a long-running beef. Chris Paul doesn't win a lot of games when Scott Foster is officiating. This has got to be a must-win for Phoenix, though. It looked like they were a little bit out of their element, playing against the best team they faced thus far. It looked like they had only played eight games together prior and didn't necessarily know the best way to go about getting their shots. So I wonder if there will be foul concerns to deal with. But more importantly... I want to see if Kevin Durant takes over in the fourth quarter because he was too much of a bystander in game one for me. A lot of the reason was that Kawhi Leonard was playing Deion Sanders' defense on him, making it so he couldn't catch the ball, but they were doing the same to Kawhi on the other end, and he got the ball. So there are ways to do it. Get KD to the ball, let him cook, and let's see if he's able to pull out a clutch win for Phoenix against LA. And I think it'll also be interesting to start to see who is the fifth starter uh, for Phoenix tonight. Torrey Craig? Had a nice run in game one, but the bench had nothing with him moving into the starting lineup. So maybe Akogi goes back into the starting lineup. We shall see. I totally think that, yeah, there's two things you can do to get the uh, maximum familiarity with that roster that they haven't had just because they've only played eight games together. It's put back Josh Kogi into the starting lineup. I think that why change your fifth guy pre 
series because I, I understand the idea uh, of trying to guard Kawhi Leonard. He's a, he's a better one-on-one defender than Josh Kogi, uh, but Kogi's energy, the familiar, just the fact that you got the camaraderie there, the offensive rebounding. Even though Craig had a great game, I think that's one. And then Chris Paul, too, not Scott Foster uh, related. Just give him the ball. <laughs> just give him the ball more. I think Kevin Durant can just work off the ball a little bit more like he has through those first eight games. I think the familiarity with Chris Paul just having the ball, I think they were they were playing a little too much iso ball, and, and Durant was doing really well to feed his guys, 11 assists. And, and Chris Paul has a decent line when it, when it comes down to it. He also double-digit assists, but it, it wasn't him starting plays a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time it was Durant, and they were doubling, and whether it was Kawhi or whoever, they got the ball out of his hands. And so that's why it, uh, Kevin Durant wasn't as effective. He didn't have a monster game. So get back to what you are, and we'll see what uh, the Clippers can do to, to continue to run it down the Suns' throats, which was really entertaining. They feel like they have the deeper team, so their bench comes in and plays fast. That's why Westbrook exists on this team. They thought he would be a change-of-pace guy in the starting lineup, but even the bench came in and was really running. Uh, and that's what the Hawks have to do if we're going to talk about that game a little bit. The NBA TV game. There is another game. Yeah, Yeah, uh, the early one that we'll be watching um, separately in our own homes, not on playback. (laughs) Uh, uh, I do think uh, the Hawks have to. That that's that's the way they win. Their their bench has to beat the Celtics bench. They thought and should think that they have an advantage there, even though the Celtics are deep. They got to win somewhere, offensive boards, and. you know, getting getting some Sadiq Bay more shots. I, I know the Celtics are doing a good job of taking that away because when it comes to the bench of Bay, Akongwu, Jalen Johnson, and Bogdanovich, they're they, they're picking they're picking the right guys. They're allowing Jalen Johnson to to shoot, yeah. um, but they gotta they gotta the Hawks have to fa- find a way to play fast, get boards, and get Bay some shots. Yeah, it's a it's a tough uh, mix to play fast and get boards because the play. F- fast, you don't play Capella. He looks like the slowest guy on the court. I thought that was a problem in game one for the Hawks. He's also one of the best offensive rebounders in the game. So maybe he gets the start tonight, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a pretty short run for Capella. And if maybe they go to Bay in the starting lineup alongside John Collins and just try to out quick the Celtics. I don't know if it would work, but the Hawks got to find a way to get more three pointers up. They went five of 29 in the first game. Not enough makes, obviously only five, but not nearly enough attempts to beat a Celtics team that wants to chuck. So we'll see what the Hawks have in store. Hopefully it's not a blowout again. Or yeah. if it is a blowout, that it's over in the first half, like it was the last time around. <laughs> so we shall see. That's uh for tonight. Mm-hmm. Three games, baby. Three games We're here. tonight. And we'll talk about them all tomorrow on No Dunks at 10 a.m. Eastern. You can follow No Dunks at No Dunks Inc. anywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube. That's a great one. Been killing it on YouTube lately, Tess. Absolutely. Loving to see those sub numbers go up. Loving to see those view numbers go up. Those like numbers. Even though you're hating the takes. Oh, come you're on. You're still giving the likes because you like to hate the takes. Those... Yes, those subs are ticking up. Ticking T- up. Tasty subs. And if we're talking subs, you could order a sub from The Athletic at theathletic.com slash nodunks. $1.99 per month. You can listen to this podcast ad-free. You will never hear another person say Ever. the word uh. ship station. <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I did ads for this week. Yeah. 
just the generic word of promo. promo. Um, You'll never hear a promo again. If you want, subscribe at theathletic.com slash no dunks. We're back at 10 a.m. tomorrow. You got a baseball show tomorrow, is that right? Yes, baby. It's been a great week to start the, or a great couple weeks to start the season. We're also going to be talking about beer sales. Ayo. They're extending beer sales in baseball in a lot of stadiums because the games are going quicker with the new rules. So instead of cutting people off at the seventh inning, they say, oh, let's just extend it, make some more money because we're not selling as much, which was a concern coming in. And it's it's happening. Anyways, we're, we have a, a beer expert coming in, in studio. Oh, yeah, nice. Seb Winkler, uh, the uh, Terrapin Taproom Brewmaster. He's a brewmaster. He brews. He's a master of brews. <laughs> this man brews. He brews. <laughs> we're going to be talking Kolsch's. We're going to be talking Dunkel's. We're going to be talking Lagers. We're going to be talking Pilsners, <laughs> and that's about it. We'll probably run out there, but uh, he makes all of those beers, and he will be here, and he's better bring some. It, <laughs> he ain't showing up empty-handed. It'll be early in the morning, so I, I don't plan on drinking them. We recorded 8.15, the Athletic Baseball Show feed. There may be a growler on the table. Who knows? A growler on the table. Call him Springsteen, because this man, Bruce... He does. <laughs> Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Ah, oh, yeah. Thanks for joining us, everybody. And remember, it was another great day for Canadians in the basketball world yesterday. Wiggins starting to look like himself. Jay Triano doing incredible coaching on the Kings bench. Jay Skeets completing the Boston Marathon. He's in basketball. And Sirit Sohi, killer podcast on the ringer as well. Good app. Good up with Michael Pina. Yep. Awesome. Who's not Canadian, I don't think, but I don't care. <laughs> Seems like he's from Texas. <laughs> Does he? <laughs> Embrace the day, people. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.